Hey, what's up? Hello. <laughs> Shout out to Fetty Wap. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. Um, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts at. I hope you enjoy the episode. This is part two of my conversation with Jordan. Enjoy. I've always wanted to have this conversation because I don't think we've ever actually had this conversation. How do we actually really like we're big movie people? Like you have your reviews on Facebook, um, which we're working on getting a page and everything done for that yep. for people to go and so I can go and plug on here for free, free ninety nine. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm always sure you love. How do we? How did you really get into movies? Like, how do we become such avid? movie watchers and movie enjoyers like i don't think it was something that we grew up with like a lot like we watched them but it wasn't like a a weekly thing we were mostly in the gym a lot yeah um i don't know that's been a question i've been thinking about for a long time because i know i don't know i think it's for me i know movies for me have always ever since i was young i always saw it as a as an escape, you know, I was like, this is something obviously different. This is something where I can just put myself, I always used to, I always used to put myself in the movie. So when I'm watching a movie, I, I look at it as if I was either the characters in the movie <clears throat> or if I was just like in that world, in that movie. And um, I don't, I've always just enjoyed, you know, remember every time we used to go to the movies, I used to enjoy going to the movies like all the time, you know, we used to have so much fun going there. It was just a different, it was just an experience. And I think that's always stuck with us. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I know for me, like, uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. And just the experience in movies just really stuck with me. And it's always been something that I just, it's just my go-to. Yeah, I I don't know. I I really, I know you. I didn't. I'm actually like impre- I'm really glad that you've also kind of been thinking about it recently because <clears throat> it's been something that so I've seen thirty six movies as of um, the date of this recording, and uh, I've got another four that are on Netflix that I'll get through, and I'll be at forty for the year. Um, and last year I got to like almost sixty. So like I don't know why or how, but I I think a lot of the the reasoning is very similar. It's like I'm just it's an escape. It really is, and, and I think that movies will have always and always will be an escape for people. I think that uh, that really gets overlooked, especially with like indie films. Like yeah, we have these blockbusters that are for everyone, <clears throat> but these indie films, like these indie films are. That's where it's at. Like that's where you find these great stories. Like Beautiful Boy, which is on Amazon Prime, is such a fantastic movie. Um, it's a story of. It's where you find these relatable stories in these blockbuster movies. You don't find relatable stories of people that look like you that experience similar things that you've experienced. You don't find that in blockbusters. You find that in in, in indie films, and it hurts me a little that we these indie stars these these people who are in indie films a lot um 
aren't in like when they move into the mainstream, people forget about all this great work. Like Natalie Portman gets so much crap for her appearances in Star Wars, uh, for her stuff in in Thor for the first ones. Like they're like, oh, Nat- Natalie Portman phones it in in every single movie she does. And I'm like, that's a lie. Like, have you seen Annihilation? Have you seen Vox Lux? Like, she is so insanely talented. Like, Timothy Chalamet, so insanely talented. There's a bunch of actors that really hit the indie scene so hard and do such great work. I think that's why I love Steve Carell, um, because his movies cross over from both the mainstream and in the indie world. But because he's so famous on The Office, like, it brings attention to these indie films a little bit more. And I think that as we go through more, like, as film festivals become more popular, I think that you'll see a lot of, like, indie films getting the love that they deserve. <clears throat> you said it all. <laughs> yeah, you said it all, man. I mean, that's my you that's know, my soapbox. You know, those, like, that's why I love, I love, like, small films. I even love, like, watching just like student films that I see on like YouTube and stuff like that. It's just a different, cause it doesn't, it doesn't have to be something that it's not. It doesn't even have to try to be something that it's not, you know, it's not like, Oh, it's a blockbuster film. All right. We got to make sure, uh, make people feel like this is part. We got to make sure Oh, people laugh. Oh yeah. You know, you got to throw in some, uh, got to throw in you know, some stupid stuff in there. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to like force anything. It can be whatever it wants to be. And I think a lot of, <laughs> which I'm thinking of a certain, I'll save that topic, but like you're losing creativity in some of these blockbusters. It's become, all right, follow this formula. That's it. Wrong. And when you start watching the same movies or feel like you're watching the same movies over and over and over, it's like, where okay, where's the creativity? There's more than one like way to skin a cat. There's more than one way to make a movie. Not wrong. You know. Not wrong. I want to hop back to like two topics to go. <clears throat> Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, go back to wrestling. Oh, of all time? Of all time. Who's Only your fa- one? Who's your favorite wrestler? No, you Only know- one? You know what? I'll let you think about it and this is what we're going to do. No, gonna I have the answer. We're going to end the episode. We're going to end the episode. Top five wrestlers of all time. Like, your top five. So, I want you, I, I'll give you some time. You can think about it. Um, we start, started talking about movies, kind of exploring how we kind of got into our lane for, for our appreciation of movies and whatnot. Um, do you remember when we went and saw Star Wars, uh, The Phantom Menace with Granny? With Granny V? Yeah. Bruh, that, that's... That's such a great memory. I really did appreciate that. I don't know. I think I think that might have been the the big tipping point was, was that one right there. What was funny is that I never knew you were as big into movies as I was. Like I never knew. I had no idea until like I started seeing your Facebook posts. Oh, I mean, you know, like we're related. We, got- we talked. <laughs> we talked. We grew up in the same house. We talked almost never, but like in the last like I'd say what like four. Three years, three to four years, we've increasingly talked a lot more. Mm-hmm. Where like I never knew until you started doing your Facebook things 
that uh that you were like as big in the movies i was like as i was like i i've I don't know, like it's just been my thing, and so it's nice to kind of really kind of figure that out, and it's been nice to kind of have someone I can kind of talk to about about movies. Hey, I already know. I got my top five list because um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk I, about? I ain't gonna say it in my top five. I ain't gonna say it in top five because it, it's that's a whole different. I'm gonna say it in my favorite five. My yeah. favorite. Like what? Like what's your like your top? I, this is a great point you bring up. What's the def, def, what is the difference between your top five and the best five ever? Oh, I can explain that easy because I do it all the time. Because, like, okay, so, like, when somebody says, okay, who's, like, top five in anything or mm-hmm. top whatever, mm-hmm. you have to start looking at, like, you know, just, like, stats. you got to look at, like, stats. You got to look at, like, popularity. You have so many other things to, like, Look at it and be like, okay, were they the best at this time? Like, okay, how were they like greater than all these other people? Right? You have to start looking at like levels of achievement and what makes somebody great. Whereas like somebody who's like your favorite is like, oh yeah, my favorite five, like my top five people you personally enjoy, you subjectively like just enjoy watching. Like for me, example, my favorite player is Dwayne Wade. So when I have my top five, he is in my top five favorite players. But I won't put him in the top five greatest basketball players. Of all time, like no, he's not gonna be on the Mount Rushmore. I can, you know, there's some people better than him, obviously. And I think people have mistaken those two things. You know, it's once you say, "Oh, somebody's your favorite," they're like, "Oh, but they're not the best." Oh, obviously, somebody yes. else is the best. Like, no, that's not what that means. It's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying this is my favorite person to watch. I greatly enjoy watching this. <laughs> Bro, I feel that on like a deep. I was like, you just going on Twitter and like watching all these like LeBron stands versus these MJ stands, and like they're like, "Well, what about?" I'm like, yeah, like, at the end of the day, like, your favorite player is your favorite player. Like, now, obviously, like, you, there, there's levels to the humility in terms of, like, how do you, like, approach, like, when you talk about your favorite player, like, in terms of their greatness. But, like, that's a whole different thing. Like, you have to really take a step back. And, like, my, my top five or five people who I think are either, A, the best at their craft – um, or my favorite players, or a little column A, little column B. Yeah. Like, every person's top five for basketball will involve Michael Jordan at some point. Now, it should be number one, but not for everybody. Mm-hmm. You, know? <laughs> you know? Like, that's the truth, right? This top five lists are so insanely subjective. They really are, you know? So it's like, because I honestly, and like for me, I won't say Mike's not in my top five favorite players. You know why? Because I was, I was born in 95. I was barely able to watch the freaking guy play. How can I say he's my favorite if I barely? He's, I, he's I can a- watch film, but I wasn't around, like, cognitively to be like, okay, yeah, I'll be like, he's a great player, you know? But, like, D-Wade, I was. Kobe, I was, you know? Yeah, I don't know. We gotta. I gotta have you back that way. We can talk about top five basketball players like that. Cause I'm really interested in seeing what your list is. What your list is looking like. Oh yeah. Um. But all right, we're finishing with wrestling. Comic. Uh. So this week. Um. So we're recording this like the weekend of Comic Con. Um. 
what are some of the news that stood out to you when we kind of kind of go back and forth, share our thoughts on that? Okay, so I've been very busy. I have not been paying a lot of attention. So there may have been some things that were introduced at Comic-Con that I am not aware of. Uh, most recent things that I saw had to do with Phase 4 uh, and beyond of the MCU. Um, What's the MCU? Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh, I, I know that. I'm dumb. <laughs> and, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Uh, no, I'm honestly excited for Phase 4. For me, looking at it, I see it as an opportunity that they're taking to actually be creative. And I say that because phase, mostly phase three, phase two felt a little to follow the certain construct. It was the cookie cutter. Yes, it was the Guardians of the Galaxy formula. That movie, they started making every movie to where it had to be. And this is not, you know, I'm not trying to like shit on Marvel or anything. Like, no, I love the movies. I love Marvel. I read, I read the comics. Don't come for me. <laughs> um, but everything was the same. It felt the same. It is like, okay, here's a moment of serious laugh. Here's this moment, laugh. And it was, and, it, and everything was, was the same Formal genre. Name. There was only certain movies that really like just stuck out away from that. And I think now they're taking the opportunity to be creative and coming up with these, with different uh, stories that are creative and just put some characters together and see how like they interact. Um, so I'm really excited for that. Uh, Blade. <laughs> they, Bruh. they won. With that two times, <laughs> two times, two times Academy Award winner, Mahershala Ali. Yes. This man is, in my opinion, like, he is our generation Denzel. Yes. Oh. Huh? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I said, I mean, like, you had so many people that grew up with. Denzel starting like in he's in so many good movies like the first one that I can recall of is really um like the bone collector it was the really it was really is really like the first one I can recall that was like that goes back a little bit you had him in training day you had him in uh civil war movie uh glory yeah. like he like for people who grew up I would I probably say like mid 80s to early 2000s like Denzel was their guy that they saw in everything and I think that Mahershala Ali has kind of been that guy like you look at Moonlight you look at um I know how people feel about Green Book I didn't see the movie um but I heard he did a really good he was really good in Green Book yeah um but like you like into the Spider-Verse like he has been so prevalent in so many like great pieces of cinematic art. Like I would go so far as to say he's this generation's Denzel. Like everyone knows Denzel, but they don't I don't think they know how the depth of his work. But I think with Mahershala Ali, like he's like he's so recent that people are into his like his body of work, you know. I can definitely see that, and I, I, I like it. I Malcolm have X. heard the other argument though that the Denzel of this generation is Michael B. Jordan. That's not my argument. I'm just saying that's what I've heard. No, no, 
And I can't, I I can't be can't, mad at that. I, exactly. I can't be mad at that, and I can't argue against it because you know that Michael B is that's my dog. <laughs> like so, so these are these are pivotal, like seminal Denzel Washington movies. Glory, which I don't think a lot of people know, no, he was in. Mo Better Blues, Better Blues, Malcolm X, Much Ado About Nothing, Philadelphia, The Pelican Brief, Crimson Tide, The Devil in a Blue, uh, in a Blue Dress, The Preacher's Wife, with uh, I believe he was with uh, Whitney Houston. I think so. In that movie where he uh, where he played he played an angel. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's with Whitney yeah, Houston Whitney. in that one. Um, like that, and that's just getting into like early nineties. Like that, like you, Preacher's Wife was ninety six, and then you really get like peak Denzel. Yeah, with He Got Game, The Siege, The Bone Collector, mm-hmm. The Hurricane, Remember the Titans, Training Day, John Q. Antoine Fisher, Man on Fire, The Manchurian Candidate, Inside Man, and, American Gangster. Like, and I'm gonna stop you right there because that's why I hesitated when you said you know the Ursula uh, Ali being Vixen Zell. I think it's hard to put anybody on that status when they really haven't had that many amount of like top movies like that. You know, like like that's. He was like, that's a lot, and he was like in pivotal roles. You, and those are like, you know, like, you're right, you, see how, like, you can name those. And I was like, damn, that's good, damn, that's good, damn, that's good, damn, that's good. And it's like, with, with like, I mean, you like how people say Michael B or even Mahershala Ali, it's like, okay, yeah, they were these great roles. But it's like, dang, that that's just, it's they haven't been that large, they don't have that much of a that much of a background. <laughs> I, I feel know, that I they have to build up, I think, like, these guys still have to build up that, you know, their background. Build up their pockets on movies. It's just hard to yeah. compare, man. But I can see. I, I, can I see feel like he's it. been so. I don't know. I, I'm looking at his IMDb, IMDb, and he's been in a lot of really. Um, he's been in a lot of TV, so he was in. Uh, he was in the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, the movie. Uh-huh. Uh, the movie. I didn't even know. I I forgot that he was in that actually. He was in Predators, apparently. Like Free State uh, of Jones. Was, was that the movie where they went to the alien to the Predators? Yeah, planet? that was that was the planet. Two thousand ten. I didn't know he was one. in that. That movie was also not good. That's so, fair. So there's that. But he like he was just I don't know. I like feel like just for me, like I, I can just, see it though. Like his level of like, the level of acting. Quality wise, that he brings to a movie or a show, he was in Treme. He was in The Place Beyond the Pines. He was in both Hunger Games. He was in Hunger Games Part One and Part Two for Mockingjay. Yeah, he was in House of Cards, which is how I first saw him, and I immediately like just fell in love with like his like the presence, the gravitas that he carries on screen. I just immediately fell in love with it. Can't forget Luke Cage. He's a Luke Cage as Cottonmouth. I was like, this man is. That was his. That for me, that's one of my favorite. Roles. I think that's where he really broke out into like pop culture. But this yeah. man was in. He was in the Free State of Jones. He was in Moonlight, which I believe he won the Academy Award for. Yes. He was in Luke Cage. He was in Hidden Figures. Um, he was in Green Book, 
He was in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And he's in True Detective. Um, and and he's in Battle Angel from this year. I, I, was, I wasn't going to. I enjoyed the movie. They, no, mis- like they misused him in that movie, in my opinion. Fair enough. But, like, him being into the Spider-Verse as, like, Uncle Aaron, like, that hit. Like, for me, like, the, what, the way they used him, I think in comparison, it'd be, like, in any movie that focuses on, like, minority use, like, having that really cool uncle that, like, you just really connect to on a deep level, like, he understands everything, mm-hmm. like, in him turning out to be, like, a drug lord. Like, that's pretty much, like, what they, like, what they used him for. And it just hit so well. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like it just hit like almost beautifully. You were correct. Oh. All right, but let's get back. <laughs> we got a little off topic with that. But uh back to because I mentioned Blade, but like I'm super excited for that. Um super duper excited as equally as I am for that for Jane Foster Thor. Give me the background on that. I'm, I, like, I don't read the comics. So, like, I don't really know. I know that it's a run. Can you give me some background on, like, what, like, how it all, like, how how has it happened? Is it a good run? Do you think it'll be, a, it'll work out well? I have not actually read all of them. I've caught them when I can, because your boy is in grad school, and I'm very busy. I know it came out a while back. She came out in 1962. Yeah, I haven't read that comic when she first appears. So she first appears in 1962, September. I know they did a recent run. They ha- they do have a very recent run. I haven't read that one either. I knew she was created. Yep, I remember that. So yeah, they do have the love triangle that they have. Ah, see, but in the comics, yeah, Odin's still alive in that one. That's what I remember. This is where I thought they were gonna go with the um, with uh, her and Thor two, or even shit, kind of Thor one, two when she passes uh, Odin's test. But she gets Thor's powers basically, <laughs> and she basically becomes the new Thor. Uh, Thor uh, dates—I don't know—he dates Sif. That's all I pretty much know on it. Yeah. I just know she's super fucking badass. But I need to read her runs. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to go dive into that because it looks like it's really interesting. Like I'm, I'm here for it. Like yes, please. Like inject this into my veins. Like, let's go. But like, I, I would like to know a little bit more. I think like I approached phase one to three in just like blind oblivion and just like, just let's go. Let's see where this goes. But like for this story, it just like it just intrigues me because I'm like, okay, how are they gonna? How are they gonna do this? They bring back their director, Taika Waititi, uh, who did Thor Ragnarok. For 
with for Thor four. Um, was it uh, Love and uh, Love and Thunder? Love and Thunder. Like this could be really interesting. Like see, like how they do it. Like Natalie Portman's a really good actor. As I went on a quasi rant earlier, um, I and you know I am not a, a biggest fan of Thor Ragnarok. Really interested in seeing. Oh, you did not know this. Oh no, I was not the biggest fan of Thor Ragnarok. Um, but I'm interested in seeing <laughs> where it goes. For me, and this all again goes back to like I like Thor one. A lot of people don't. I like Thor 1. I like Thor 1. Like where it was going. Did not like Thor 2 at all. No one does. Thor Dark World was... Yeah. It's the worst movie in the MCU. And... Next Age of Ultron. And... Oh, no. Age of Ultron. I like Age of Ultron, honestly, now better than the first Avengers. It aged really well. It aged really well. With Um, where it went, but like in the moment... Yeah, so I, I put Age of Ultron pretty pretty high. Um, but no, Ragnarok for me, it just again it fell into this formula of it has to make you laugh every second. And as much as I love to laugh, it's a comedy. I'm not like trying to shit on anybody who loved the movie. It's just my personal opinion. Like you have to be able to hold on to a serious moment. A movie does not need to be. It doesn't need to be one mood the whole entire movie. It doesn't need to be dark the entire movie. It also doesn't need to be happy-go-lucky the whole entire entire movie. You have to ha- have some moments where you can hold on to seriousness. And then it's also where, yes, at the same time that, yes, they gave Thor a, they gave Thor a buff and essentially made him, you know, the god of thunder, Thor. At the same time, they, they, forced, they forced jokes to where it, it nerfed him at the same time. Getting electrocuted by a taser when you're the god of thunder and you can control lightning but a taser can put me down same thing they did with black panther in civil war where black widow shoots him with a taser through his vibranium suit interesting how that works Um, i think i know for me i just think that i enjoyed thor one and with Thor 3, what they really did well with Ragnarok, what they did really well, I think, was that they played to Chris Hemsworth's comedic ability. And I totally get why people like wouldn't like that. But I think because they played to the comedic ability, ability so well, that it kind of like, it negates a lot of like that stuff in my mind. But I totally, I, it, I, 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 I don't discount your point. It's a very valid and very solid point. Yeah, and that's that's just my thing. I'm like, come like, and that's just my thing with with. That's a whole nother. We can do that on a whole nother uh, podcast yeah. with that. But uh, anywho, but Blade, um, Jane Foster's Thor. Thor. Uh, oh, Doctor Strange. Um, what was the title for it? It was uh, 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 Matt, Matt, Multiverse Madness. Madness, Madness of the Multiverse. I am so. Excited for that. You have no idea. Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch teaming up. Oh, it's the multiverse of madness. Multiverse of madness. Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch together in a movie. Do they're going to ship that? Any idea, huh? Then they're going to ship that? No. They don't need to. Just with just them as as just teammates, just teaming up in a movie. Doctor Strange even showing her kind of like the ropes 
of just like, because she can do so much more. You think they'll unnerf her? They'll use this movie to unnerf her? They kind of already. Please. They, they, they already gave her a buff. In, they gave her a buff. Oh, I can explain it. They gave her a buff in Endgame because she basically took down Thanos because he was like, hey, get this bitch off me. She about to run my shit. So he had to call down a tactical strike. <laughs> my man's was shook. My man's was absolutely positively shook. And so, um, okay, so I can explain. Oh, yeah, that's the... Uh, okay, so the Jane Foster, that's when I uh, read her run. It was during the Secret Wars. Uh, that's when I remember seeing her. But uh, that's another topic. Um so nerfing is basically you have somebody that's like super strong, like they're just like wrecking shop, and you basically take away how strong they are and have them interact uh, with everybody. So if you look at like a video game, for example, let's just look at like I don't know, like a fighting video game. Let's look at like Mortal Kombat. So let's say you know they make Mortal Kombat. Let's say you've got uh, Raiden and. He's got, you know, these awesome moves. He's, like, doing, like, he could do, like, this much damage and, like, combo. He's just, like, so easy to combo with him. He's doing this much damage. He's, like, one of the best characters in the game. Somebody could just pick him up, boom, and just, like, take over, right? And then they, let's say they nerf him. They're the, the, uh, the way they'll nerf him is they'll take his damage away. They'll take, oh, he can't do this much damage anymore. Oh, or you can't combo like this anymore because the land will make somebody do different. That to make them more balanced with everybody else. So as far as the MCU characters who were nerfed, Thor for the longest, and even still, and especially, which I'm still pissed off about, is the Hulk and how bad he got nerfed. Hulk is one of the most physically strongest characters in, in Marvel in general. And he did absolutely nothing. Preach on it. Preach on it. You got the pulpit. I am, I am so upset with how they they turned Hulk into a joke, which is another reason I didn't really particularly care for Ragnarok because it was an entire joke. He acted like a child. He is a beast. He is not five years old. But do you think that they use that as a segue into uh, what happened in the game of like him being this this kind of quasi sentient being? Again, stupid. Yes, there's Professor Hulk in the comics, but guess what? Professor Hulk still beats ass in the comics. Professor Hulk, when he gets angry, he can, I think he can actually lift even more because <laughs> when he gets angry, it's it's even more strength that he gets with Professor Hulk, and they didn't do any of that. In Endgame, he had one fight, and then he was scared. And they tried to say, oh, no, he wasn't scared. There was something else going on. He was scared. He punked out. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. Soft as drugstore cotton. And then he comes back in Endgame. He doesn't even really get a second chance. He really doesn't do anything. He uses the gauntlet. Yes, he came in handy using the gauntlet. And then guess what? His arm gets destroyed. And he, he he serves small roles that easily other characters, if they were in there, could have filled. But he never he never was the Hulk. True. Not wrong. I, 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 he 
in in game, all he did was take selfies, give Ant Man a taco. Oh, that's who the Hulk is now. <laughs> I, I like, feel that. What like what are you doing? What, what, you take him out. You take him out. The, somebody else can fill that role. <laughs> somebody else can fill that role. Captain Marvel could have snapped the gauntlet. She's strong enough. He was useless. What else? What else excited you? Ah, but <laughs> very excited. Very excited still by Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange sequel. I'm super excited to see that. Um, also, they didn't really talk too much about Black Panther sequel. We all knew it was coming. Um, which I, I find really interesting that it's not technically in Phase Four. Yeah, that's very odd. In the odd. Fantastic Four, also not in Phase Four. And X, those are definitely going to be so phase five. I think when they're going to bring all those in X Men, Fantastic Four, uh, Black Panther, obviously, uh, Spider Man. The Spider Man's not even in this next phase, technically. Technically, Far From Home was the was like the the bridge between phase three and four. So that one technically goes into phase uh, three. So I, I'm interested in seeing. Got a while for that though. <laughs> um, hopefully the world can last that long. All this uh, destruction. Uh, but um, also very excited for what was the one on the oh the TV series the What If animated series. I am super excited for that. Them exploring like the What Ifs, and you have like the original actors come back to play uh, characters in there. So I'm like, that's gonna be interesting. Seeing like I guess. They'll do something like, oh, what if, uh, what if like Killmonger won? What if what happened if he actually ended up killing T'Challa for the second time? Like, what what would have happened through that? You know, well, what would the Avengers have done if you know he started taking over the world basically uh, with almost unstoppable army of their own? You know, right before Infinity War. You know, like I guess what if Thanos would have won? Again, or what if you'd have done something different the first time, you know? Like, I'm interested in seeing, like, all of those. What if his plan was never to... Yeah, it would be interesting. You know? So, I think those are the ones I'm most interested for. Uh, oh, and uh, Bucky. Bucky and Falcon. Cap. Yeah. I'm excited about that. I think that's what I'm most excited about. That I, I, I need some more... I want to see more of Anthony Mackie. I don't really care for Anthony Mackie. Um, as Sam. as a person. You're an <laughs> alumni, bro. We went to the same school. I know, but he's a dick as well, also. For some, as in the interview he had, I didn't really like what, how he was acting. He acted like he was top shit, and I was like, okay, calm down, boy. Man, uh, his, his knees were weak, and his arms were heavy. Mom's Sam. spaghetti. Don't let me get don't let me get Marshall Mathers on you, boy. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, I want to see more of him develop as as Cap. I felt like we didn't really get to see enough of him to set like, it up. I guess yeah, you know, stepping up as we saw, like you know, we saw the relation, the more of a relationship with you know Bucky and Steve, you know, because as his best friend, I want to see more more of Sam stepping up in the leader roles. I want to see more of Sam Sam hanging out with Steve. And them showing each other like some love, you know, 
so I'm looking forward to seeing how he adapts to this new role and just getting the you know to love his character more. Any any DC or non non Marvel stuff that you you're excited about? So for DC, yes. So uh, obviously they're they're not doing because a lot of people don't know this. They're not doing in a big established universe uh, anymore. Bless up. Because of some, it was background problems. Kevin Sujihara, may he rest in hell. He didn't die. I'm just saying, may he rest in hell. Uh, he messed up everything. And so they're just going to be creative in their movies. They're going to have some connected movies, uh, like with sequels and everything, but they're not going to set up for anything like Marvel has done. So I like that they're taking a more creative, uh, unique route. Um, super excited for Joker this year. Walking um, Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix is going to do such an amazing job. Such an amazing job. I already know. I already see it. Uh, oh, I'm I'm just super excited for that. Uh, then next year we have Wonder Woman 84. Oh, my gosh. People are not ready. People are not ready. I'm not ready. It's going to be fantastic. Um, but other than that, we have, you know, the uh, DC Universe uh, on the DC Universe app. We still have Titans. Got renewed for another season. We're going to get Aqualad gonna get Deathstroke, we're gonna get Ravager. Like we're getting the bees knees on that, you know. Um Doom Patrol. Uh they got they got a uh, second season coming. Harley Quinn animated series. Like Young Justice got season four acceptance. So like there that's that's a lot what uh DC has going on. Um Hopefully this Flash movie can happen. <laughs> uh, hopefully, and um, yeah, we got Shazam sequels. You know, we got Black Shazam two and Black Adam, and they'll join. Uh, they'll join together, and they're. Uh, I think it'll be either Shazam four or Shazam versus Black Adam. So that's the other. Other comic world going on. Other than that, I'm super excited for uh, the rest of this year. You know, next week we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it's the ninth Quentin Tarantino film. Absolutely ready for that. Absolutely ready for uh, it. Uh, the trailer, that trailer was so good. I'm not emotionally ready for it, but it's going to be so nice to watch. It's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. Ready for next year. You know, oh, also, forgot this on DC News. How could I forget this? I'm such a loser for this. Matt Reeves, Batman. Excited about it? Am I excited about it? I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely excited about it. And people can hate all they want on Robert Pattinson, Twilight. Ha, 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 ha. I was like, go look at his other films. He said way more than just that movie. This man is, the hell up. Again, it's, Natalie, it's the Natalie Portman effect. Absolutely. All you people who just see him as Twilight, grow the hell up. That's what I have to say about that. I am super excited for we're getting a rogue gallery for Batman in his in this movie. Like the high life, good time. Even Remember Me is a really good movie. He's in he's in uh, Christopher Nolan's The Lighthouse. I'm so with William Defoe. William Defoe is he's that dude. I appreciate William Defoe a lot. Um, 
But uh, let's wrap it up real quick. Um, top five, top five wrestlers. Of, uh, your what is your top five list? Um, uh, of wrestlers. Your your, your personal top five. Your, my personal top five. This is pretty tough. All right, so I got these ones that are set in stone, and I'm fighting for this fifth spot. Shawn Michaels. Give me in order. This is not in order. I am not gonna stress myself out like that. Um, I do not want AIDS. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shawn Michaels. Uh-huh. The Rock. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh-huh. Chris Jericho. Woo. Yes, yes. Chris, people are asleep on Chris Jericho. Go back and just watch Chris Jericho, the way he interacts with the crowd. He he gets pops. He, he gets pops. I Lord. love him. Raw is Jericho. Like that. Yep. He pops. He definitely and pops. And don't you ever, ever, ever. I absolutely love Chris Jericho. And then for this fifth spot, it is a I'm right now. I'm in a three-man tie, but I think I've figured out who I want. So it's tied. It's a fight. It was a fight between Chris Benoit. What? Even even though, yes, I I know what he did. It was terrible. I I I know it. What he did was awful. But I can't. I can't take. I can't You're wrestling. Take, Separating the it. art from the artist. I, yeah, I have to. I have to separate that. Uh, it's between Chris Benoit, Rey Mysterio. What? Rob Van Dam. What? And I think I'm going to give that fifth spot. Yeah. To Rob Van Dam. I can't be mad at that. This man was good. This man's a legend. I find it really interesting that you pretty much you went like your first three were all raw people. Like we're all WWF people. And then you had a WCW and ECW person. Yep. Now, eventually, like, the WWF bought a bunch of companies, became the WWE. But it's who did that. I really appreciate that. I think it would be fairly similar with, like, Shawn Michaels, The Rock, uh, Stone Cold, Sting. Sting, Sting's, Sting's yes. probably one of my <laughs> Especially, like, Sting, when he became the crow. Like, he, like, they used yeah. the crow. Like, of him just, like, hanging in, like, just the rafters. I really appreciated yeah. that. Ooh, that fifth one is a very tough one because you can go so many ways. But um, I, think, I think I have to go Triple H. Yes, I, I can. I can definitely agree with that. I, he was he was in a fight with contender. Like I, I think I what I appreciate the most about him is um, his ability to fluctuate between heel and face, his ability to wrestle in the ring, and his ability to really um, tell a story, and not just through um, ability on the mic. Like he obviously got really good on the mic. He was kind of okay on the mic when he first started off. Yeah, he got really, really good on the mic. And I think that's what really kind of like tipped the scales for me. Like I could have went Diamond Dallas Page. I could have went. Um, it's me. It's me. D D P. Like I could have went. I could have went. Goldust. Goldust is fan. Like as a character, Goldust may be one of the best characters like ever in in, in wrestling. Um, I could have went Ric Flair. Woo! Like, Woo! Like, you 
could have went a bunch of ways, but I think I think I think I had to go Triple H because his body of work as a wrestler is just so insanely fantastic. Undertaker, like I totally like like this, yes. uh, like just so many good wrestlers. But I think Triple H really stands out to me because the way he transformed himself from being this preppy rich kid out of he's pretty much a Chad and a Brad. Oh god. When he first entered and he became the game. He became this cerebral assassin. He just became this this large in life character. And I think I really appreciated that. Like his ability to transform himself. I think that was a big that was a big thing for me. Um so that that's my top five. Um Yes. Where can the people find you, bro? Where can the people find you on the on the social medias? Do you want the people to find you on the social medias? So on Instagram, you can follow me at underscore jmac. That's J-A-Y-M-A-C 26, the numbers. Um, this is how, like, less I usually try to get on social media. I don't remember my Twitter name. My Twitter handle, underscore Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, Mac, M-A-C, 95. Nice, nice. Uh, well, I really do appreciate you coming on. This. I do appreciate it. We had, to, I think, we had a really great conversation. I think the people are gonna enjoy it. Um, you can find me at Far from Over. That's Brett, like Brett Far, F A V R E from Over underscore. Um, you can find me. There. I don't give out my opinions. Kind of why I do the podcast, so that all my takes can uh not be confined into 140 characters because. I'm not, I'm not part of your system. I'm an adult. Welcome yes. to the real world, jackass. Yes. Shout out to the Lonely Island. Um, <laughs> you can find this podcast on uh, Apple Music, on Spotify. Um, give it a give it a like. Give it a subscribe. Rate it by all means. Leave a comment. Let us know uh, what you thought of the episode. What do you think of the podcast so far? Um, really appreciate all the support that we've gotten in the last like week or so um, of everybody kind of listening to it and subscribing. Uh, thank you, Jordan, for joining this podcast today. Uh, and as always, uh, shoot the J. Yes, sir.